Movember. Wait, wait. I'm winning. I have to um, poke fun at myself because I have a tendency to come over to hectic. (laughs) Is that true? (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Sometimes I scare the visitors and I don't want that. (laughs) I want them to come back with their money, you know. I'm only joking. The visitors. Yo, I, I'm not the most um, flamboyant person up here, the most elegant, uh, most relaxed. I don't walk up and down like Rian. I usually just anchor myself in one place, and because I always feel this pressure when I stand here, this, the responsibility and the weight of this. Um, so bear with me, I'm learning and I'm trying to grow and try to come over friendlier. (laughs) You know, many people are sitting um, in services like this this morning and many different things are being preached and, you know... uh, uh, a lot of what is being preached is just encouraging people of how amazing they are, how awesome life is, how great life is with Jesus. And there's so much of a overemphasis on that, that it grounds people in the, the wrong things. They choose leaders and teachers and preachers and pastors for themselves, people that are super well-spoken, super educated, super successful in the ministry. They are well-read, widely published, rich, influential, powerful. And they run to these people because in them they see something that they want. We, we tr- find people to inspire us into the things that we want. And even in the church, the things people want are super carnal. It's influence, it's power, it's money, it's to just be loved or be famous or whatever it may be. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because when we build a castle in the sky or a house on the sand, when the pressure of life comes, it all falls down. Amen. Uh, we've, the last song we sang is, You are good, you are good, you are good, God, you are good. Um, and it's the truth. <laughs> God is good. But life will bring you to a place where sometimes you really wonder if He is good. Is He really there? We can hear Monica's testimony. And it's wonderful and it's amazing. 
Let's choose life today. We can all just choose life today. But it's not that simple, is it? When you are crushed and broken and you're down and out and your back is against the wall, everything's falling apart. Can you say, God, you're good and I'm just going to choose life today and feel better? It doesn't work like that for me. Amen. <laughs> Not for me. I'm a blessed person. You know, I have a testimony. Some of you know my testimony, but I destroyed my life um, with drugs and alcohol and violence and like all types of sin when I was younger and rebellion. And I ended up completely broken and destroyed as a person. And Jesus encountered me in a service in Sunningdale. He delivered me. He filled me with the Holy Spirit. He completely transformed my life from death to life, from light to darkness. Um, and the testimony of what's happened to me. Oh, sorry, light, darkness to light. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Thank you. Still a work in progress. The point is something happened to me and the testimony of that has actually gone around the world. I have friends all over the place in many churches, in many places in Africa and even overseas. There are people that have heard of Martin and what Jesus did in his life. And so I have that testimony of destroying my life and then experiencing God and His grace and His power and His mercy, transforming me, healing me, saving me, bringing freedom to my life, and then restoring my life. Uh, it's a powerful testimony. And now, 12 years later, I have a beautiful wife. I have two beautiful children um, with Joanne. I have a great marriage. You know, uh, the Lord has been kind to me. Um, He's given me... Uh, type of ministry or sense of ministry and leadership and you know he's added hundreds of people to my life and congregations where people love me and encourage me and walk with me and all of these things and you know I have all these reasons to be super grateful to be super thankful to say God is good to to bear witness to Jesus everywhere I go and um Quite recently, somebody, uh, I was chatting with them on WhatsApp, said to me, you know what, you elders, your lives look so lacquer, man. It's like you always have it all together. Who's ever thought that? You're the elders, there's lacquer. <laughs> Must be lacquer to be an elder. <laughs> I looked up the word, uh, you know, it's a noble thing for if you desire eldership. So any one of you that desires it, it's a noble thing. But the Greek word doesn't mean lacquer. <laughs> it also doesn't mean nice <laughs> or easy. And um, this morning I, I want to share a little bit of an encouragement because I, I really feel in my heart some of us are not in a great place. For some of us it's not nice or lacquer. And maybe we cannot even say that God is good. We can hear the powerful testimonies, but we might think like, it's wonderful for Monica, but what about me, God? What about my situation? What about my marriage? 
what about my loneliness or my singleness? Or what about my sick children or the state of the business? I don't even have to ask. I know. Because this is the, the word that, it's the only word that I feel for us this morning. So, <clears throat> every time of, uh, at the beginning of the year, around Easter, I have a special time of prayer every year. And then I pray and ask for things, and I cry out to the Lord, and I press in. And uh, who's ever heard of dangerous prayers? Some of them are dangerous. Others are just dumb. John Wesley, who birthed the Methodist movement, he penned a very dangerous prayer. I prayed it this year. I don't know if it was just dangerous or dumb. Can we put it on? I'll read it for us. They did a they do like a covenant service where people dedicate themselves to the Lord. And I prayed this prayer I think in May this year. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Place me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be put to work for you or set aside for you. Praised for you or criticized for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. And now, O wonderful and holy God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it also be made in heaven. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? When I read that, that prayer of commitment that John Wesley made to Jesus and I look at his life and what he achieved and accomplished for God and the fruit that he bore, I thought, sure, I want to make a commitment like that. Where it doesn't matter if it's good or bad, not nice or nice. I want to be committed like that in all things, in everything, with everything I have. Serve Him. Amen. I thought it was a fitting prayer to pray. Let me tell you that hell broke loose just after that. I mean, immediately after that, <laughs> I was completely unprepared of what came. That was in my, by the time September came this year, I just sat on the couch and what I could only explain as extreme, just pain and just saying to God, God, I'm hurting right now and I am tired and I am weary to the point of death. I wasn't unfaithful. I wasn't in sin. I wasn't in rebellion. I wasn't destroying my life. I was tithing and giving and blessing and 
going and preaching and bearing witness and building relationships and being accountable. Let me tell you that it was like there was an onslaught in every realm of my life. I wanted to think that maybe it's the devil. (laughs) I think it might have been God. Um, Or maybe a combination of, of these things put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be full, or let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. And I wonder how many of us have actually felt like that, where you are doing all the right things. I'm faithful, I'm there, I'm at community every week, I make contributions to the love bags, and like, serve in the coffee shop or pack out the chairs or whatever and it just doesn't seem to work. Nothing works. Just doesn't doesn't get better than this. I'm still single. I'm still lonely. I'm still poor. My marriage still hasn't come right. My children still don't want to listen. They're still sick. They still don't get better. I believe that life takes us, us to places where the, the nice words are meaningless. I mean, I can tell you that God is good, but you can be in a place where it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean, just hold on to God. It doesn't mean, just choose life today and you'll feel better. Uh, it's powerful what you said. I'm going to bring my preach into that. So I'm not this disregarding what she said. I believe something happened to her. Who's seen MC's video? Okay. Look, we are all part of the, what God has basically done through a man's life, and this is a work that's happened and been done. It is very unwife testified for the last 38 years I couldn't even eat an avo because my kidneys have been failing now how do you say well God is good in that and lead with zeal and commitment and enthusiasm and pour out your life and go all over the world with that (laughs) Your wife is lying at home at the point of death over and over and over and over again for 38 years. We need more than nice words. We need more than just encouragement. We need a power. We need a power in us that we don't generate within ourselves. We need something to come from God to sustain us. I promise you that after being saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and trying to walk faithfully with God for over 10 years, I hit the place where I felt so tired and so low where I just like, I couldn't even pray or read my Bible. I just sat on the couch early in the mornings just playing my guitar. 
just the only songs I know are worship songs. I just <laughs> sing the songs I know, which are worship songs. And then I, I read the scripture, and the scripture is so dense that I had to I had to cut it up into portions because I felt God was speaking to me through this. But I thought I just deleted the whole thing. Sitting there in my discouragement and my fatigue and my pain and my stress and chronic stress and burnout and I have to read the scripture, and this is Second Corinthians one, verse chapter th- verse three, chapter one, verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction. He's the Father of mercy. And comfort. And I'm here, I'm sitting in so much pain and confusion. And like I have to hear that God is a God of mercy and comfort. And here I am sitting on the couch and I feel none of that. I feel no mercy and I feel no comfort. He comforts us in all of our affliction. This is Apostle Paul speaking to the Corinthian church, but I'm making it personal for us because I believe it applies. He comforts us in all of our affliction so that we may be able to comfort other people in any affliction. So I want to say there's purpose even in our suffering, even in our pain, even in our discouragement, in everything that we go through, there's a purpose, and God will use that for other people. And we can be comforted with the comfort that comes from God. So it's God who comes and comforts us. And when that really happens within you, you can take that and you can pour it out into the lives of other people. For as we share abundantly, say abundantly, in Christ's suffering, so through Christ we share abundantly, abundantly in comfort. I want to say that there is nobody that understands pain and suffering like Jesus Christ. He poured out his soul unto death. There's no one that can understand your suffering like Jesus. If we are afflicted, it is for the comfort of other people. And if we are comforted, it's also for the comfort of others. And we should patiently endure these things when we suffer. And this will create in us a hope that is unshaken. And in that we can comfort other people. So, 
I wish I could say that life is always just lacquer, but it's not. And we will experience many difficult things. And it's important to speak about these sometimes so that we are rooted in the right thing. I want people rooted in reality, not in fairy tales or overemphasized encouragement that falls completely flat when things fall apart. And we need to draw to Jesus. We need to draw near to him in these times. Verse 8, Paul says this. I do not want you to be unaware of the affliction that I experienced. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. I mean, this is somebody that Jesus appeared to. Made him an apostle. It says that he despaired of life itself. He wished he was dead. Because it was like a sentence of death that he received. But this too was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. And that's what I felt like life will bring us to places where we are pushed to the limit, where we can't anymore. Where our strength is finished, where the finances are finished, where the relationships are finished. Everything is broken or lost or messed up. Sometimes it will take us to those places because unfortunately we are placing our comfort and our security and our hope in things that cannot give us hope. If if my hope is in my finances, believe me, it will come to a place where the finances or not there anymore. If it's in positions, as soon as the position is gone, then the hope is gone as well. If it's in my friendships, like then the friends will disappoint me. Maybe I've got a great talent or to, for sport or something, and then I'll tear off my Achilles or something like that. <laughs> I'm joking, where's Clinton? <laughs> Explain it. We will hit these places. We'll get there. And a lot of us get there. You know what the sad thing is that we don't have the freedom to actually really let people into those places. People don't really know. We may come here, we may say, God is good. People don't know how we really are. This is a letter that Paul uh, shared with the, uh, the Corinthian church. So he, he's telling them about God. He's a God of mercy, a God of comfort. God that comforts him and that he can comfort other people. And then what he was going through. And his hope, hope in God that can even raise the dead. And then he testifies what happened. He delivered us from such a deadly peril. And he will deliver us again. 
on Him we have set our hope that He will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. He's bringing people into his situation. He's telling them what he's gone through. He's also showing them how God has helped. He's thanking them for their prayers. The prayers have helped sustain him and brought him through. And when I hear Monica's testimony, her situation that makes it impossible to just say God is good and I choose to have life today if something didn't happen. But I believe something of God's comfort entered her life, shifting things, strengthening her, lifting the burden, lifting the heaviness, bringing a freedom from that grief, bringing a hope, a hope that's supernatural. I'm trusting today that maybe many of us feel something like that. Now the business is in ruins. The finances are a wreck. My marriage is so far gone. Will it ever come back? Whatever it may be, family is destroyed. I want to say that God can raise the dead this morning. You know, and I didn't just hit that place on the couch and then, bam, like, it was all better. But I, I built my life in a certain way where when I hit that place, before I actually hit that place, people were already aware before before I was too tired, people knew I was getting tired. Before I ran out of capacity, people knew my capacity became less. And by the time I said, I'm tired and weary, there was a group of people around me. Don't worry, we're here. What do you need? What can we do? How can we encourage you? Don't worry about this. We take some pressure off of you. We do this. We do that. Making room. Making room for me to catch my breath again. Find my strength again. To rest again. Or rest a bit. But that doesn't happen automatically. I can't help you carry a burden that I do not know is there. I can't support you in your marriage if I don't know something is wrong. I'm speaking on behalf of leaders and others and saints. I believe Jesus wants us to share our lives. In a way, the Bible says, if we live in the light as he is in the light, we have true fellowship with each other. Say that, true fellowship. The blood of Jesus cleanses us of all of us. True fellowship for me was when I was hurting and when I was tired. And I couldn't anymore 
be able to, to say that. This is how I feel. This is where I'm at. Have people that love me enough. Be there for me. But that is a choice. The same as Monica said, there's a choice. These are choices that we make. I want to encourage us in that to build deeper relationships with each other. Amen. To comfort each other with the comfort that we have received from God. To pray for each other. To walk together. It's powerful. It's, it's powerful suddenly if you are feeling like that. Like where is God? Where is the goodness? Where is the mercy? Where is all of these things? And then you hear people phoning you and sending messages. Hey, I'm thinking of you. Praying for you. Here's a scripture. Come for a meal. But that only comes by giving yourself. Amen. I, as I was preparing yesterday morning, I felt the Lord just say this. I'm near to the broken hearted. And I save the crushed in spirit. And that's from Psalm 34. So I'm going to read the psalm. Maybe we can have a musician on stage here. I made a, um, a deal with the Lord Many years ago, I said to him, if you ever give me a microphone, I refuse to stand on the stage alone. So the Holy Spirit has to be present. And I'll always make room for God to move. And I'm trusting today that maybe we are feeling like that, weary, tired, crushed in spirit broken, discouraged, defeated, whatever it may be, and that God's power is going to be present here to comfort us, to set us free. Let me tell you, uh, a week after the lowest point, a mighty breakthrough came. Mighty, like, so mighty that I still don't actually even believe it. In every realm, like bam, there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is. Like over and abundantly more than I could ask, think, or even imagine. And I didn't work for any of it. It's just God's mercy coming through. The title of the preach is this, and this is the encouragement. Don't die in the wilderness. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. Don't run away. Don't hide that thing, whatever it is. Bring it. Share it. Get somebody around you. Pray with me. Walk with me. Help me. This is the way of, the, of God's kingdom. This is the way... We comfort each other with the comfort that we have received from God. And then you'll hear testimonies. Of widows standing up and said, you know what? I choose life. I've decided to choose life, to, to be free, to live. I've chosen to live. 
And I started by saying it's not that simple. But sometimes with God it is exactly that simple. Responding to something of Him. Saying enough of this addiction. Enough of this conflict. Whatever it may be. Whatever that thing is. Let's stand. This is David. He says, it shows God's faithfulness. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all of my fear. We're going to seek God this morning for that freedom, for that deliverance, for that healing, for that breakthrough, for that miracle. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. A poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. And the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Oh, people, taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed are those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, all you saints, for those who fear Him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Lift up your hands. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous. And His ears are attentive to their cries. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears And delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all.